what it feels like. Oh, let me turn that music off because I know that if I'm on Facebook and YouTube, I can't play music. But um, happy February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, the day after so many of you spent so much money, the day after so many of you found out where you are in life with the person who you may care about or you may think cares about you. I hope you don't truly believe that. I hope you don't allow this one pagan day to really, um, you know, dictate how you feel about yourself or how someone may feel about you because it's so much deeper than that. But um, we got a big show planned out today, and we honestly we have a full week planned out, man. I got. Let me see. Let's let's talk about the show for today. So today we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about, about Black History Month. We're going to wish all the ladies, ladies, a happy Galentine's Day. We're going to talk about the end of the nuclear family, a bit of witchcraft. Um, we got to start holding people accountable. And then I'm going to talk briefly about the investigation of the New Georgia Project. Man, I got I got uh, Castro coming on tomorrow. Got another special guest later in the week. Uh, I'll, I'll let y'all know who that is tomorrow. But, man, we got a big week. Before I get into my topics today, though, hey, 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 it's the big baby. And I'm back. Back. Happy President's Day. I believe today is President's Day. We're celebrating our presidents and all the great things they have done for us. And for those of you who had to go to work today, I am so sorry. But I'm enjoying the day off of the beauties and the joys of working for certain people. You get certain days off, right? But let's talk about Black History, man. It's Black History Month. And I think every year, you know, there's always a discussion around what does Black History Month mean to you? Oh, it's Black History Month. I'm going to be extra black this month. Like, I don't even know what that means, to be perfectly honest. I, I think you're just as black as you um as you want to be or what you can be every single day. I don't think the month changes your, your level of blackness, but it, it may for some of you. Some of you may decide to uh, apologize for your blackness at times and other times be unapologetic about it. And Black History Month gives you the courage to be unapologetic about it. And I say good on you, but here's my challenge for you. My challenge for any and everybody. Let's not wait until Black History Month to become unapologetically Black. Let's not wait until Black History Month to to recognize Black voices, and whether it's in Black history or current in, in, in Black America or the Black world, wherever you choose to celebrate your Black history. But let's kind of, you know, Black History 365, let's echo this throughout so that it's something that becomes ingrained into our day-to-day. -day. It's not something that we necessarily have to be intentional about, not because we're ignoring it like it has been for so long, but it is just so prevalent in all the things that we do and what we talk about that we no longer have to take this month to focus on Black history. Now, that doesn't mean that I give credence to my mans up in Michigan the uh, governor candidate who is not a descendant of African slaves, you know, who someone who has our skin color, but is maybe not uh, uh, our skin type, you know, he's not black culturally. Um, I don't even want to say his name because he talked about, you know, 
as governor, he'll get rid of Black History Month because it's disrespectful to other cultures and all of this nonsense. I mean, it would be disrespectful or racist or whatever the words you want to use to have a Black History Month if Black history was properly woven into the fabric of American history in the way that it's taught. But because it's not, God forbid some people say, hey, I matter. What my people have contributed to this country matters. Hey, people who think we're less than, I want you to pay attention to what we've done. And if it takes having a month to do it, then so be it. But where we started with the week and where we've built to a month, we have to continue building for the year, for the lifetime, because we can't accept symbolic victories that, oh, we got Black History Month. Oh, we're going to talk about Black History Month, Black History in February, you know, the shortest month of the year that also is competing with Valentine's Day and that and the, uh, and the other. But we make it a part of the conversation that it's, again, that it's no longer you have to put Black in front of the history. You just understand it as American history because I think one of the issues that we do is, don't get me wrong, I I am all for Black History Month and Black History Awareness, but making it a bigger part of the conversation is that we don't want to we don't want to divorce it from what American history is because our contribution to the history of this country supersedes just our race because it is American history, and there should not be a line in between what Black history is versus what American history is. And I'm sorry that someone who it's maybe first generation, quote unquote, black American is not equipped to come here and say that uh, I want to get rid of this in my state. Bro, who who are you? Like, like who like who are you, bro? Like, who do you think you are to really come here and say, yeah, I'm getting rid of black history. So you are a puppet, maybe? Or are you one of theirs that they that they've uh, they brought out here and put on stage? Right. Like like you. You low-key wearing blackface, right? Because you don't have the heart or the soul of a black man. You just have the face of a black man. And you are going to come out here and you're going to tap dance and, and, and do what they do. And I think that's something that we don't really talk about. What the modern what the modern blackface is. Because the modern blackface is not someone is getting on stage, dancing, entertaining. That's not the modern blackface. The modern blackface is someone who has the, the same color skin that I have or a similar color skin that I have, but they don't have similar values. They don't have the values that black people as a whole generally cling to. Now, don't get me wrong. All of us don't have the same values, and that's okay. We, we all have different motivations, different things that drive us. But when you have somebody who's in a prominent position or has the opportunity to be put in a prominent position and they act like they are of us, but they're nothing like us, but someone from a distance who doesn't listen, they only look and say, oh, well, a black man said, we can, well, yeah, man, he's a black man by color, but he's not black man culturally. I'm not going to try to make this a, us against them, the American-born blacks, the descendants of American slaves, blacks versus the non-descendants of slaves. No, it's not us against them, but there is a difference. And it's important to highlight that difference so that we're not blanketly using black to describe someone or something that is different from what we, black Americans, descendants of slaves, uh, uh, those who have actually had to endure 
the the generations of of oppression and racism in America, I don't think it's right for us to be put in the same category as those who do not come from that and then try to speak on us in our history. It's it's just not no. It's not okay. But I ask, what does Black History Month mean to you? What Black History Month means to me is like, damn it, we still ain't made it. Oh, we're not there. We're not enough yet. Why? Because we got to have one month to talk about it. And I keep repeating myself because I think it's important for us to embrace what happens in this month, but not be satisfied with it only being a month. It can't just be a month. It has to be a lifestyle. You have to learn your history. They have to learn our history. We have to learn this history so that we can accurately understand where we're coming from so that we can get to a better place. But if we don't understand it, if we don't understand what we come from, who we are, we can never truly get to that future that we want, that we need, because there are those of us who don't give ourselves enough credit. There are those of them who won't give us enough credit because they don't know what it is that we've done and what we continue to do. But hey, stop pandering to me when it's Black History Month. I don't need, oh, Hulu, Black Voices on Man. Just put this shit on now. I'm going to watch what I want to watch. Hell, put, put, the, put the hood classics on all year. Still going to watch them. And shout out to Netflix for um doing Dave Chappelle right. Anyways, let's get into Happy Galentine's Day. But before I get into Galentine's Day, let's talk about Valentine's Day. What did you do for your special Valentine this year? Did you take him or her out? Did you wine and dine him or her? Did you spoil him or her? Did you get him or her what he or she wanted? Did you surprise them? Did you take them out? Did you curve them? Did you find out you wasn't the main, but instead you was a side piece? You know, you thought you was deep fried turkey, but instead you was potato salad. Did you, is, is that what happened? But whatever happened to you, here's what I want to tell you. Valentine's Day should not define your relationship. Valentine's Day, the pagan capitalist holiday that tells us that we are supposed to go spend our money to fuel our economy, despite the fact we are in a global pandemic right now. People are supposed to be broke, but we're still still supposed to go flex on Valentine's Day. We're supposed to say, hey, I love you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to come up here and beat up on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, yes, but Valentine's Day, no. I'm not going to beat up on Valentine's Day. Why? Because sometimes you need something to, to slow you down and say, hey, I need to be intentional in my relationship. Because it is so easy to get caught up in your day-to-day -day nonsense. You're, you're living your life, your routine, and not taking the time apart to say, hey, baby, I love you. Hey, baby, you mean something to me. Hey, you know what? Let me offer this to you so that you and I can just really show each other that we care about each other. Like, I know every day I tell you I love you and all of that, but I want to make this day special. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but I challenge you to try to find days that don't, that aren't dictated by someone else where you say, hey, I'm going to be intentional today. Hey, I want to make you feel special today, and that's what I'm going to do. Now, don't listen to me too much because by no means am I a love doctor. I'm, doctor. I'm not out here trying to give relationship advice. I'm just providing a different perspective. But if we're being honest, man, y'all should know that I think Valentine's Day is total bullshit. 
Why should I have to give you a gift today? And not because I don't want to give you gifts. I don't mind spending my time, my money with those that I love. And for those who I love, they actually know that. But it doesn't necessarily take a birthday or a special event for me to show that love. It really just being around me. And don't get me wrong. I, I've failed victim to being in a relationship and waking up, doing my thing. You doing your thing. We come together. We hang out. We kick it. We do our thing. And then, and then it just becomes monotonous. And sometimes it's hard to break the monotony. But... Let's not go crazy on Valentine's Day just because you uh, just got your tax money back or you're about to get your tax money back, so you're going to flex. But also, don't feel like Valentine's Day is the end-all, be-all of your relationship. It does not define your relationship unless you allow it to. Now, Valentine's Day? What the hell is Valentine's Day? I'm really trying to figure out what in the world... Galentine's Day is, and JJ, that's beautiful. Every day after nine o'clock, I love it. But let's get back to Galentine's Day, right? Girl, Valentine's Day. You do understand that you can celebrate Valentine's Day with your girls without putting the G in front of the V and just it be Valentine's Day still? Why is it that you got to go make it out to be something different? Like, like, like let's, let's say being a boy, hey, bro, it's Valentine's Day. It's, it's, it's male time. We're about to get out here and get, and get in these streets and get active. The schedule, well, excuse me, the calendar is still going to say Valentine's Day. It's not going to say Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, or Salentine's Day, because that's what you motherfuckers are. You sad. But you take this emphasis and you go, oh, it's Galentine's Day. I'm so happy. I'm so this. Are you really happy? Are you? Now, there's nothing wrong with celebrating having a great time with the girls or the guys or whoever it is you want to hang out with that may not be your significant other. One of my favorite Valentine's Day was Valentine's Day 2010, and I was hanging out with one of my cousins, and we were both um, not in the best of situations with our quote-unquote relationships, and we found ourselves going to bum-ass Applebee's as seniors in high school and kicking it that whole day. Probably my most fun and memorable Valentine's Day to date, right? Makes sense to me, maybe not to you, but... I think this whole Galentine's Day thing is a way to make bitter people feel better about themselves instead of just embracing, hey, maybe you're by yourself for this reason. Maybe you're by yourself for that reason. Maybe you should just embrace hanging out with your homegirls and call it Valentine's Day, but instead of hiding from what actually is bothering you, right? Maybe the fact that you feel that you are defined by what your relationship status is, we're not dealing with that. We're putting on makeup and we're drinking mimosas and we're going to tell ourselves that this is fun. and This is what we want to do. And now maybe it is. And for those of you who want to do that on your day, I'm not judging you. I'm not knocking you. Have at it. But for those of you who are just you putting on your makeup, your literal makeup to cover up what's actually bothering you. That's covering up the fact that you actually want to be wine and dined. You want to be romance. For one, I challenge you to find comfort in yourself. And don't allow these pagan capitalist holidays to tell you what, what's a good time for you. You, de you determine your own good time. You determine your own worth. But also, my challenge to you is, man, have fun. Just have fun. It's, 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 it's okay. And But what I see on Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day, whatever you want to call it, is a bunch of bitter people and some haters. For you bitter people who are by yourself, go by, stay by yourself. 
Oh, I don't want to see all that fat shit today when you was in my DMs yesterday. Shut up. Mind your business. Did you respond to the DM? Did you know that the situation was going on that didn't have anything to do with you and you know you ain't the man? Did you know that? Yes? All right. Shut the hell up. Oh, some of y'all, y'all just happy to, y'all just, um, you know, getting validated for who you are today. I guess. I guess if that's what the life that you live or you out here posting your boo while he in my DMs, he cheating. Okay. Again, what the fuck does that have to do with you? I just don't get why we all are so concerned about what's going on in other people's houses and other people's homes. I was talking to some friends and we were talking about how family likes to tell you who to date and be all in your house. Like, why do y'all care? Like, that's that's what it boils down. Why do people care about what's going on in other people's houses that's not theirs? Oh, it's easy to, to comment on what's going on in their house than what's in your own house because what's in your own house might actually bother you. And what goes on there doesn't bother you. Sure. But what do we gain from that? Like, for those people who say, oh, no, my kid could never date so and so and so. My family could never do. I would never. Well, I mean, you can speak about what you're going to do, but why do you care about what, some, what goes on in a house that you don't live in, a house that you don't pay bills? But what I want you all to do is I want you all to take that bitterness elsewhere, and I want you to actually face it head on. Because what I've learned is as a society, we are becoming way more comfortable about being numb to things. About ghosting people, not about not having conversations, not, not about realizing and accepting our fat or, or excuse not facts, our, our flaws as facts and not dealing with our trauma properly. Oh, I'm gonna avoid this trauma. Well, sure. And that's reflecting of how some people are handling the coronavirus. Some people are gonna say, Oh, I'm just gonna ignore corona, it don't exist, or I'm just gonna lock myself up. Well, no, how, how about this? Just like Corona, we got to eventually learn how to live with the coronavirus and the best way to go about that. The same thing you have to do with your trauma. Okay, you have to learn how to deal with your trauma and not necessarily hide from it or keep yourself out of the situations in which your trauma is triggered. Now, I know that's hard, very difficult, but I think it's important for us to figure it out what bothers us, why it bothers us. So that we can get past it bothering us and move forward. Because if you never, ever, ever deal with it, right? It's always going to be there. But then you see people, oh, I've become numb to this. You know, like, I ain't got no feelings. Well, you should have feelings. You are supposed to feel. I'm not saying that life is supposed to be an emotional roller coaster. But it's not supposed to be a plateau, and it's damn sure not supposed to be a valley the whole time. And for you positive people, it's not supposed to be a peak every day either. It's supposed to be somewhere in between ups and downs, and however high your ups go, or however low your however low your downs go, that's between you, God, and yourself. You, God, and yourself, all three of y'all, all three of y'all, yes. But the idea that you're not supposed to feel anything is like, Oh, yeah, bro. Fuck these hoes. I don't, I don't even care about them. Well, who do you care about? I don't care about no dude. All I need to do is to buy me some and, and I can take care of myself. I can love me. Uh, yeah, you should love yourself. But you should also want to be loved by other people 
You should want to feel emotions. And I get that it's a defense mechanism because you're protecting yourself against what you've already gone through, but you can't live like that forever. Sometimes you just got to take your trauma on, take it head on, and it's going to hurt. Sometimes you might have to get uncomfortable and go to therapy and talk about your problems. Sometimes you may have to put the bottle down because, see, you think you're going to find your problems at the end of the bottle, but you end up finding is more problems at the end of that bottle, but no solutions. So for anyone who's just totally numb, I ask you why. Is it because you're sedated? <laughs> like, are you that are you that high off of off of off of off of drugs to where you don't feel anything? Are you that hardened so that you don't feel things? Or are you afraid that once you feel again, you may feel pain? Pain is a part of life. What is pleasure without pain? I think we should be seeking balance, right? Like every day should not be good. Every day should not be bad. We got to have some balance here. And my challenge to all of you numb people uh, on this on this post Galentine's Day is go find what caused you pain and confront it head on so that you can receive pleasure from knowing that you overcame that pain and you're moving forward in your life. That's my challenge to you because if you keep if we keep staying numb to this stuff and we don't take on our pain and our trauma head on, I don't know where we go from here. And I think that what we're seeing is the ending of the nuclear family. For those of you who don't know what the nuclear family is, it's mom, dad, kids, right? The idea that was sold to me is that we grow up, I meet my wife, I have my two children, we get our white picket fence, we get our young dog, and we live life. And that is supposed to be happiness. But the more and more I talk to people in my age bracket, both male and female, for one, we're getting further and further away from the idea of a nuclear family. You have people talking about single forever because I don't love these hoes. You got people talking about polarity is the way that I want to do it. And I'm not going to tell anybody the right way to live their life. But also there's a third and there. And there's one that's far more common is people settling down in long-term relationships and not being happy with it. Settling, not just settling down, they're settling for less. And I think that as we've matured, right, we've seen some of the stuff that our parents went through, our grandparents went through, and we said, that can't be me. Or the idea of I'm 23 years old, I'm supposed to commit to this person for the rest of my life, and I can't even commit to a job for two years because I don't know what that's going to bring me. To some of us, that doesn't make sense, and I'm not going to knock you for it. Um, but as you know, women have gained more access to education and more access to, to finances to be able to, to live their lives and sustain themselves without the help of a man, with men now having social media and, and, and having access to more women. You know, at one point in time, you only could talk to the people that you saw. But now I can see you on Instagram. I don't have to know where you're at or anything, but I can have a conversation with you. And, and these temptations that didn't once exist 
are more prevalent because the same temptations that our parents dealt with, we still have to deal with plus more. And I look at it and say, is the nuclear family the right way? I mean, I ask you believe in love and the promise that it gives, but when you talk to people who are in long-term relationships, people who are seeking them, love ain't usually ain't enough. Love ain't enough. Like if 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 love is all if love is all you got, you you that shit can go away tomorrow because love is a feeling. And again, I'm not a relationship doctor, but I think if you want to have a long-standing relationship, a a a a a, a happy relationship, you're gonna need more than some damn love. You gotta have some shit in common. You 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 gotta have shared interests. You gotta have respect for one another. You gotta know how to 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 let a person be themselves. You gotta have balance because love ain't enough. But I think we've been sold this idea that we need to just love and, and we should look for love. But that's not all that we need in a partnership. Because you can find love from your family, you can find love from your friends, but what makes what makes that love worth having that person in your house and becoming one with you? And the more and more I think about it, I don't know. And the more and more I talk to my peers, they don't know. And I look at my peers and those in the peer group above me and below me, and I start to see so many similarities. Like I got so many friends in their early 30s, no kids, no spouse, no significant other. Hell, I'm 29. I ain't got either. And then you think about where my parents were. My parents were married by this age. Most of my parents' friends were married and had kids by this age. Like the fact that I'm 29 and I ain't got no kid and I ain't got no wife. It's like, what? Nigga, what, what, bro, what are you doing? But I think our generation, we have so much access to so much and it takes so much more to make us satisfied and we know so much. We're getting in touch. With our spiritual selves, we're being comfortable. We're being comfortable operating in our own space and not being what our parents want us to be or told us to be or what the old folks said is how life is supposed to be. We go, oh no, that ain't that ain't uh-uh, that don't work for me. That no, see, I see where you coming from. I see why that worked for you, but that don't work for me because the old saying goes, the man is as faithful as his options. Now, that's a conversation for another day, but if you got hundreds of thousands of options on Instagram at your beckoning call, possibly, if your game is right. Are you really equipped to be a husband? Are you? You Every time you post a picture with you and your family and you got to do saying, oh my gosh, y- y'all look so great, I love it. Or you post a picture uh, 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 of yourself, you know, ooh, I woke up like this. Or showing off your, your bikini body, knowing... They all know who 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 you going home to, and they say, "Ooh, girl, you looking good. Like you keeping that thing tight. Yeah, I like how you bounce back after that pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you happy over there. All of that. That's more options. That's more temptation. And I'm not gonna get into whether or not we should be able to deal with this temptation or not. Because hell, I mean, woof. Tell you, love ain't enough, is it? <laughs> but it just leads me to believe that the end of the nuclear family is coming. I don't know what what it looks like 
two, three generations from now, maybe we get to a place to where it's more of a village mentality to raise kids. But that also doesn't really work for me because we're becoming more industrial, more cities. So it's less family-esque environments in, in the places that you live, more people moving around and transplanting. So what does it look like? Does it look like a co-parenting relationship? And maybe it's even an in-house co-parenting relationship. If it's polygamy or polarity, is, is that the, the, the future? Is that the way do we go? Is that the best solution? Like, is are you happy being with the same person the rest of your life? I mean, divorces are up. So it tells me we're not. So do we maybe should maybe we get away from the idea of marriage and, and get to a place of temporary relationships that we renew on an ongoing basis, right? Instead of saying till death do us part, let's say we're gonna do this until it makes sense for until it doesn't make sense anymore. We're gonna do it while it makes sense. Now, what may make sense for me may not make sense for you because it may make sense for you to die with this person. And it may make sense for me to live with this person and then live with someone else. Or it may make sense for that person who I'm with to live with me and stay at someone else's house two nights a week. I don't know. Maybe this bill of goods that we've been sold that is monogamy, that is the nuclear family, maybe it is an outdated way of viewing a relationship. Not outdated for everyone, but outdated for the masses. Maybe we should get to a place where we make it socially acceptable to mind our own business and allow people to function in their house however it works for them. We got strong opinions. We love to tell other people how to live, but we don't take our own advice. So maybe we should take a step back and say, whatever goes on in his and her house, I don't give a damn about because it has nothing to do with me. It doesn't affect me one bit. I mean, in my lifetime, I've seen uh, 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 homosexuals being allowed to get married. That's not something that I grew up believing to be something that I grew up believing to be a truth, right? I didn't think that's something that was going to happen in my lifetime. and you can hear, come up with all the different angles, all the different reasons against why it should work or why it shouldn't work. But at the end of the day, there are people in homosexual relationships who are extremely happy with one another, more happy than those who are in heterosexual relationships, right? So, so which is right? A miserable, hom- a happy homosexual, a miserable uh, heterosexual? I don't, you know. I'd assume that the people who are happy are in the best place for themselves. That's that's what I think. But what do I know? So I think that as we've developed our thoughts, as we've advanced as a human as human beings, I don't think the nuclear family is. I don't think the nuclear family is 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 the goal anymore. I don't think that's that's what our reality is. Prove me wrong. I still believe in love and the promise that it gives. I'm a hopeless romantic. But the more and more I live, the more and more I experience, the more and more I see, the more and more people I talk to, I just don't see this as being something that everybody wants. 
that's sustainable. Now, I want to talk about this use of the word female because I hear that it's offensive to call women females, even though from what I've researched, it's a scientific term for a child-bearing human being. So woman, female, you can have a kid, can carry a kid, you are a female. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to have um, some females on here so we can have that conversation. Or at least a female. I don't know about multiple. Witchcraft. So, you know, everybody's in tune with their energy now. You know, we're meditating. We're burning our sage. You know, we're checking our energy at the door. We're doing all these different things. Man, I got a question for you. Is that witchcraft? Is it witchcraft to be burning sage out here and 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 and, and doing all of these different things to, to, to control the energy in the room? Because um to me, to my untrained eye, untrained ear, it's not like a bunch of witchcraft. I'm not saying that it doesn't work, because it may work. Because in order for witchcraft to be a thing that matters, for people that have cared about witches, for witches that have got burned at the stake way, 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 way back in the day, way, 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 way back in the day, it had to be some realness to it, right? We couldn't do it if it was, we wouldn't care about it if it was fake, if it didn't actually possibly do something. You know, it takes me back to to Moses trying to uh, uh, negotiate with Pharaoh, you know, to get the Israelites on up out of Egypt. And when they were going through the, the multiple trials of trying to figure out if God is real, one of the things that, you know, they did was Moses would do something and then Pharaoh's guys would counter it. And it's like, oh, yeah, you did something that was, you know, not normal. Because the witchcraft worked. So while y'all burning sage and praying to Jesus at the same time, I just sometimes I get confused. And it, it could just be my lack of understanding because I also believe that God, Jesus, gives us gives us stuff on earth in order to take care of ourselves. It's like the person who says, I'm going to pray the sickness out of you. No, baby, take it, you, you go to the doctor because see, if you go to the doctor, you know, God gave us doctors who can operate on us, who can diagnose us, who can possibly give us the best solution for our health. Now, I'm not going to get into a, a, a health care conversation because I have my issues with Western medicine like the rest of you all should. But you see where I'm going at here, right? So maybe burning sage and 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 and, and, and I don't even know what else y'all doing to protect energy. I just see everybody out here burning sage and I just ask myself sometimes is that witchcraft? I don't know. But from the outside looking in, it could be. Now, here, here's, here, here's what we do. If someone who's spiritual, in touch with themselves and the, and, and the earth and nature and all of that, you walk around with your bare feet, gripping the gripping the, 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 the dirt with your toes, and you get all that shit in between your, your toes and, and your toenails. You know, y'all, you're real earth folks. You're one who like it. You know, the women who don't paint their toenails. Cause you just want to be in touch with nature. You you don't wear the odor every day. Yeah, you want to smell like you of, of the earth, or even you men too. If you're a man, you do all that that stuff. Come talk to me. Come educate me. I would love to have somebody who's in tune with nature come on a podcast and explain to me 
how it works for them and what it means to them. Because I, don't get me wrong, I don't knock spirituality at all. I, I, I support people finding out the ways to be the best them to, to control their energy and to get better at, at life. But I, I just ask that, you know, I just ask you, is, is it witchcraft? Real question. Here's what I'm seeing in society. We're getting it. We have a society that is becoming accepting of everything. And I think that in our steps to become accepting of everything and accept, accepting of people, we still have to maintain standards and we still have to hold people accountable. Accountability is important because sometimes people can display behavior and a lot of people can display that same behavior and it still be stupid. It can still be unacceptable behavior, even though it's widespread. If you know me, you know I believe that most people, not I shouldn't say most people, a lot of people aren't that smart. And they do a lot of dumb stuff. So just because a lot of people do it, don't make certain stuff okay. And I think because we have, we have, been so dismissive of different way, uh, different thought processes for so long, we've stopped questioning dumb shit. Or maybe we question it, but we're so afraid of cancel culture, which we should cancel because cancel culture is full of shit, that we won't call somebody out for being the idiot that they are. And we've all done stupid things. We've all made idiotic decisions. Um. Sometimes, you know, accountability hits or sometimes it don't. But when it's just so damn glaring, I just struggle. I just struggle not to do it. So let's, let me see. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. Let's talk about Rachel Dolezal, right? I listened to a little bit on Rachel Dolezal the other day. You know, Miss NAACP, uh, 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 she's trans, she's transracial. You know, she was born white, raised white, but identifies as black. And now she's uh, changed her name from Rachel Dolezal to, I think, Kandichi. Uh, 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 let me, let me yeah. uh, Nikichi, excuse me, some shit like that. And, and her name is, 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 she's a gift of God. Now, the real interesting thing about Rachel Dolezal was I felt like she carried her white privilege into her blackness for the longest until she got outed but then once she got outed she really saw what it felt like to be treated as a black person she picked up a felony and now she can't get a job at one point she was a professor and now she braiding hair on the side to make a little bit of money and she feels that she is qualified to be a teacher. And based on her education, I say, yeah, you're qualified to teach. But based on your decision that you've made when you frauded everybody and did all this other nonsense, uh, I wouldn't want you teaching myself. Damn sure wouldn't want you teaching my kids. So you find yourself struggling to get to where you want to go. I mean, you still wrote a book. I'm sure people read it because her story is interesting. I mean, not interesting enough for me to spend my money to read the book, but nonetheless, it's interesting. You know, uh, I, I respect that she was someone who was white. And maybe I, 
identified the black culture and wanted to help make life better for black people. But you know you could have done that as a white woman. It probably would have helped your cause doing it as a white woman as opposed to being a black woman because uh, our society loves white women. So now you got a white woman who was, who was championing a black cause and maybe you get more white women to get on board, but now instead you paint yourself to be a black woman and black people don't trust you. White people damn sure don't trust you. It's like, hold on, you're one of us and you don't want to be white? <laughs> what is wrong with you, Rachel? And 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 then, so then you paint yourself black. You put on your black face, your dark bronze makeup. You put your braids in. You get you a Nigerian name, and now all of a sudden you a nigga. Well, boy, they treating you like one. And how does that feel? How does it feel to finally be quote unquote black? Let's say this. How does it feel to be blackballed? How does it feel to be competent and capable enough to do something and now you no longer get to do it? And I mean, unlike black people, you made a decision that cut your legs out from under you. We were just born. And now you can go gallivant on, on, on this TV show, that TV show, because you created this platform by becoming this national figure who defrauded the country and so many people in the NAACP. And now you're brave, huh? Sometimes it sucks, man. Sometimes life sucks. But guess what? Miss Dullazal and Miss Nikichi, I hope I'm saying your name right. Miss Gift from God, for one, I think you are a, um, yeah, you are a gift from God. We all are gifts from God. But I'll tell you the gift that she is. She is a gift that she'll let everybody know, embrace who you are. And even if you decide you want to help those who are different from you, do it from your platform and not their own. Because people will respect somebody who's themselves, despite their flaws, way more than they respect somebody who's trying to be someone that they're not. All right, next person is accountability hit list. I saw that some guys uh, got locked up for impersonating Bruno Mars and scamming a woman out of a big sum of money. I'm going to keep this quick. If you are stupid enough to believe that Bruno Mars is broke, you are stupid enough to get scammed. Now, I do not support the scammers. But it's one thing to be a person doing credit card fraud and bank fraud and a whole other thing to be finessing somebody out of giving you money directly. Whether it's truth or lies, you have convinced someone to give you their money and you're not taking it out of their pocket. If they are stupid enough to give up their money, they are stupid enough to get scammed, right? Why are these men going to jail when there's so many institutions that scam us out of our money all the time. Look at all the different nonprofits in the world who have these high operating costs. And we think we donate to this to this cause. We think we donate to, 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 to victims of a natural disaster, victims of, of, of injustice, of oppression, and we paying their damn bills. I'm not even making it to the cause because they'd have got these high expenses. What about that?
Is that not a scam? Or the scam that you're okay with? It's a lot of scams out here. I mean, church, you got somebody who's living better than most of the. I'm say most. You got somebody who's living better than a lot of the members. Asking for ten percent of their money. Do you not know that sales tax in most places seven, eight, nine, ten percent, ten percent. So I got to get ten percent sales tax. I got to pay my state tax. I got to pay my federal taxes, and then I got to pay my tithe, aka my church taxes. And it's not the people who can't afford to give those. I'm not talking about y'all people who can't afford to give them. Hey, y'all are good. Pay on because the church needs money to run. But when you're up there begging, asking folks who um, ain't got it to give it to you, and some of that's going directly into your pocket, and you're not giving it back, it's one thing that's always bothered me is when I see a preacher living so much better than his congregation. Now, hear me out. I understand that maybe he's a more responsible individual. Maybe he has a job. He or she has a job outside that allows him to make, you know, a make make full way, uh, 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 have a full um, salary, and then you have another salary job on top of that, so you can do a little bit more than you have your 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 spouse who may be making money on their own. Yeah, so a lot of money to be made there. But I think that when you're begging people for their money and they don't have, that doesn't sit well with me. But this is the conversation I'm going to uh, um, approach with with the pod crew. But back to the Bruno Mars scam. The man told you he's Bruno Mars and he's struggling. How about you do this? How about you check the charts? How about you go to Celebrity Net Worth? How about you just look around and, and, and just wonder? And I, or just ask yourself, why the hell would Bruno Mars ask me for some money? He got a whole record label behind him. He got 24 karat magic. You know what I mean? You think he asked me for money? He just got scammed. And you deserve to get scammed for being stupid. Don't believe me, just watch. Uh. Anyways, uh, last one Gorilla Glue Girl. Gorilla Glue Girl. I don't even want to say her name. I wrote it down. Ain't going to say it. Anybody stupid enough to put Gorilla Glue in their hair deserve to be bought. I understand that you may not have the hair product that you needed. And maybe you just say, let me go to the store so I can get what I need. Because whatever you were doing, it was not life or death that you couldn't go to the store, stop what you was doing. Or maybe you should have took inventory of your hair care products before you started doing your hair. But I understand how you can just not do some stuff before. But the fact that you put Gorilla Glue in your hair, you decide to tell the whole world, go viral, and then I hear you trying to sue? Sue who? Sue yourself. You the stupid one. You put Gorilla Glue in your hair. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mix bleach and ammonia. No, no, no. I don't want to do that because that might kill me. That, no, that not might. It will kill me. And I can't sue nobody. I'm going to drink three shots of bleach and then I'm going to sue the bleach company because I drank it. No, no, no. I got one better for you. 
I'm gonna put on a coat and I'm gonna sue the company I got the coat from because the coat made me warm. I'm gonna sue Nike for 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 giving me shoes that were comfortable and look good. I'm gonna sue the this company, I ain't gonna say their name because I like them a lot. Who, who, who made these glasses for me? Because I can see out of my glasses. I'm gonna sue Apple because my iPhone works. That's how stupid it sounds for suing Gorilla Glue because the glue stuck in your hair. Now, I hope it gets tossed out of court. I hope they counsel her stupid ass and she got to pay up, which I don't like individuals paying corporations. But in this instance, she needs to be made out to be the fool that she is because she's stupid. And I don't like to call people stupid to their face or behind their back. One second. Rue, let me call you back. I'm recording. All right. So lastly, lastly, last, last topic of the day, man. I want to talk about the investigation into the New Georgia project, project. And for those of you who may not know, the New Georgia Project was put together by um, Stacey Abrams. It was uh, um, Senator Raphael Warnock. He, he, he was um, chairman of the project. And what it was was the project to get disenfranchised members of the state of Georgia registered to vote. And what we saw was a blue swing in Georgia in this past presidential and senatorial elections, right? And what this tells us is that Georgia's not the only state who suffers from this, but there are many other states who have people who should vote and don't vote should vote, don't have the enthusiasm to vote or don't have to give a damn about voting, right? And what this project did was it got some of those people registered and got them to the polls. Now, an investigation is coming out because 1,268 applications were not turned in within the 10-day window. So from the time that you uh, uh, fill out your your registration application, they have 10 days to get that sent off to get you registered to vote. Apparently, this didn't happen. We're dealing with tens of thousands of, of, of applications. Sometimes shit happens. But the way the article painted it out to be was that fraudulent activity was happening. And don't get me wrong. Do I think that all elections are clean and fair? Absolutely not. But I also think there's a level of voter suppression that's happening in this country that is not okay. For one, why is there a deadline from the time that you fill out an application until the time uh, for, for that to get turned in for you to be an, uh, an eligible voter? Why? I can understand deadlines for when that application needs to be in to the state but why is there a barrier from the time that you fill out an application 
especially with an organization that you're not filling out directly in your own, on your own to turn in at the voting office yourself. Why is there a deadline? It tells me that you want to retain power and you don't want other people to have power, which means you don't want other people to vote, right? And you're afraid that if these other people get the opportunity to vote, they won't vote for you. So instead of trying to make voting harder, why don't you create better candidates? Why don't you create better platforms? Why don't you be be a better person to vote for? Now, all this is doing is, is painting Senator Warnock as an incapable senator. Now, mind you, the two previous senators from the state of Georgia, one was, was doing some, both were doing shady business using the, the like Kelly Loeffler used information from, from being a part of the Senate pre, pre um, or during COVID to make business decisions on the outside. And Purdue has made uh, questionable business decisions has been investigated for those as well. So what are we doing here? Are we actually trying to to expose voters for being fraudulent or people who aren't voting? Or are we just trying to weaken someone who's going to be up for a reelection in 2022 because he got in on a special election? He didn't. He, so he has to go back and 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 and, and run again. Is that what we're doing here? Because I find it interesting that now all of a sudden we're looking into these things because it didn't go a certain group's way. And the funny thing about Georgia is the Georgia State Assembly versus what's represented at the nationals at the federal level is totally different. If you listen to the way the entire state of Georgia talks versus the way the the, the metropolitan areas talk, it's totally different. And I find it so interesting because it seems like, oh, my God, Stacey Abrams, Raphael Warnock, they're janky, they're disgusting, they've been doing awful things here. But uh, I don't know. What it is is it's a power structure that's losing their power. They go, oh, my God, we don't have representation at the federal level. We have to do all that we can to fix it. And in the great Georgia way, what do we do? We suppress the voters. We don't get better. We don't figure out what our people need because that's not what politicians do. Politicians are our politics for themselves, not for the people. See, it's like, hold on, let me represent, let me represent my values and find enough people who like my values so that I can represent them. Instead of here are my values, here's what I represent. Here are the people that I aim to represent. What do they stand for? Oh, y'all stand for this? Okay, so I need to adjust myself. So even if this is not something I believe in, I am making the decisions for those that I represent. So sometimes I got to take a back seat to that. But no, politicians want to get reelected. They work to get reelected. They don't work for the people. And... That's where we find ourselves. We find 
I'm not even gonna say it's a faulty investigation. I, I it's probably legitimate. I, I don't I don't question the legitimacy of the investigation given the information. I question the legitimacy of the investigation because why the hell is this even an investigation? Like, what are we investigating right now? Are you, are you serious? Like, they didn't turn in the voter registration applications on time. That's the same thing as the people who say, all the votes need to be turned in on voting day. Why? What changes? What if somebody, you know, mailed in their vote on the day that everyone else cast their ballot, but it shows up three days later? You still voted. You're still a registered voter. You're still part of the, the voting population. But we put these we put these hurdles in the way, we put these restraints in the way just so that the people in power can keep the power instead of representing the people. But hey, this is the world that we live in. Hey, I hope y'all had a great Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, and I hope y'all are having an excellent Black History Month. For everyone who's who 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 was uh listening to this podcast, hey, like, repost, reshare, but rate, review, comment, please, man. I really need your ratings, reviews, and your comments on Apple um and Spotify when you listen to this podcast, man. I appreciate you all for your support. I love you all, and y'all have a great day, a great month. And hey. We got some heat coming soon. Big baby, yeah!